An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. Um, you found the room. <laughs> yeah, which is very cool. This is Sean Lewis. Hey, everybody. And that's Jeremy Adams. Hello. And I'm assuming that a few of you are aspiring writers, possibly, being here. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. This is supposed to be a Q&A. I hope you got lots of questions ready. If not, I'll have to come up with some. Um, but I do have plenty. Um, so, yeah. Do we have any questions off the bat? Yeah. Let's go. Um, so, I've, uh, I've actually scripted a few of my own things. But yes. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to do, and I respect the effort you put in. But uh, I'm not asking, like, to review. I'm asking, like... How, how that's this, that's actually non secretary it doesn't how would how would you break into advise breaking into comics oh my gosh don't <laughs> <laughs> i will tell you that uh, i'm sure you have a much smarter answer than i do um no. i have heard i came through it opposite yeah, right through screenwriting and stuff so so that's yeah. that's different don't do that yeah. <laughs> don't move to la and spend years of your life Toiling. <laughs> no, what I've heard from a lot of people in the industry, they are just like, make your own indie comics. Okay. Like, yeah. do your own indie comics, get them out there. Whether it's you publish them or you put them online, whatever, mm -hmm. you have to have something that you can actually give to somebody. Okay. And if you're an artist, it becomes a little easier because at conventions you can have portfolio reviews and stuff like that, which is easier than sometimes writing, which seems a little stranger as far as getting... Yeah, there's nobody who's going to hire you to just do a book off a script right. or a plot. That'll never happen without art. I mean, the thing I was told early on is they were like, everyone finds a different way into comics, and then they seem to bury the cover the hole. It's like they dig a hole, <laughs> and they crawl through, and then as soon as they get through, they're like, ah, screw everyone else, and then they, they, they cover it. That's a great analogy. <laughs> it's what yeah. I was told. Them. I think Steve Orlando told me that. That's funny. Um, like, my way, I was... I was a theater artist. I was a playwright and a theater director. And um, I met, there was a guy I was working with on a set of a play who was doing visual art. And it was a lot like Silver Age Superman books. And I was like, you like comics? He was like, I like comics. I was like, why don't we make a comic? So we made a whole issue of a book. And then I cold emailed it to Eric Stevenson, who's the publisher at Image Comics, not knowing that you don't do that. <laughs> um, they had had his, his and email. Cold, he meant he, he ended up at his house. <laughs> yeah, broke not, the window. I heard you run this place. <laughs> <laughs> I need to break in. I literally. got to literally break in and then cover it up. Um, yeah, we, and we sent him an email, and we, um, he decided to do that book. Um, that ended up being the first book I did, which then I... I mentioned Steve Orlando. When I told Steve Orlando that story, he was like, don't ever tell anyone that story. They're going to be very <laughs> angry about it. Because that, that is not how it works for most other people. Yeah. But creating a web comic, creating a short comic, having something you can give to somebody yeah. that they go, oh, you know how to actually make a story. And even for, it doesn't even have to be long, I'd say. Like four pages and people, yeah. an editor can go like, oh, you're interesting. Yeah, and I, I do think that editors will also look outside of comic books for people in comics. You yes. know, just like they'll look that for authors, they'll look for... Uh, screenwriters, they'll look for celebrities. I, had a friend, <laughs> I, I, had a, I just scripted out a one-page short thing, had a friend draw it, so. That's great. <laughs> and I, I, I would say, I mean, just from the way that I was, you know, being in L.A., mm -hmm. is you, you can't stop there. You just have to keep going and keep making. Yeah, but it's about yeah. money. Yeah. So I, can't, I can't pay my friend to draw Right, right. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, but I, I'd always, when I was doing I mean, screenwriting, I remember this guy saying something very profound. He was like, do whatever you can to to live, mm -hmm. like you know, have a job, 
and hopefully you have enough to pay for your hobby until your hobby becomes the thing that pays for you. Like, and it took me a long time to break into television. I mean, we're talking like over a decade. And I told my wife on our second date, I was like, I will be poor the rest of our life. Like, <laughs> FYI, just so you know. She says, I don't remember you saying that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was very, very aware of the slim to none chances of getting to do the thing. But that's not why you do it anyways. You're not doing it for celebrity or, or riches, trust me. You're not doing comic books for riches in any no. sense of the word. You're doing it because you love it. You know, like, I, we were talking about it. Jeff Johns is one of my friends now, and he does movies and televisions and stuff and I'm and he still does comics and I'm like there's no reason you should be doing comics he's like yeah but I love it and it's like yeah that's why you do it um you know I'm always told don't try to go into comics or whatever because you're not going to be able to make make it in the um in your hobby so just so just uh do what you think you can get done and then you do what's left over you have what's left over to pay for your hobby so well, yeah, well, you guys yeah. are also of the of a you know where this new generation also understands like branch out. Yeah, like you're not just going to write comics. Like, right. Write whatever you can. Write ad work. Write plays. Write scripts. Write Do movies. Podcasts. Write you know yeah. yeah whatever. Like networking is important too, right? Well, also this age has like it's such a low bar to be able to create something. Yeah, it's like insane. it's insane how easy it is to do something. And the truth is, like, I have two family members that won't rename nameless that, you know, they took a year off to do a book or something like that. They didn't do the book. It's like, if you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it when you have time. You just have to figure out how to habitually put it in the work, I would say. Uh, no, 100%. I mean, they were talking about Canada. There's a, in Calgary specifically, so it just makes me think, there's a famous theater company up there called One Yellow Rabbit. And they have this great phrase that me and my wife, we ran theater companies for years that we would always use because we always had less money than all the companies we were competing with. And they have this phrase they call um, use your available light. What, what's mm. available to you right now? Instead of worrying about like, I don't have access to you know, Bruno Redondo, so I can't right. make my comic. Like a lot of people will invent those type of excuses where it's like, if you can't afford an artist and you want to be a writer, I'd say it'll be shitty. It will look bad, but draw the book yourself <laughs> and give it to an editor because you're not asking the editor for writing work. You're right. asking the editor to look at it and say, like, this is a story that makes sense and it makes me laugh and it looks like stick figures. What could this person do if I gave them Bruno Redondo? It, it changes the conversation. But the big thing I think is, like, how do you just continue to make? And by the way, I don't think that ever changes because, like, what he says right now, uh, you know, I would love to do a creator-owned book. I have ideas for creator-owned books. I'm scared to death to do a creator-owned book. Like, and I have a certain level of success, and it's still terrifying to me to think about raising money or trying to go through the process, because what if people hate it, and then they hate me because I'm terrible? You know, like, you know, like there's that whole, the whole thing. So I'm just saying that like, you should understand that it's okay to have those feelings. You just got to figure out a way to do it anyways. I want to make a joke. But don't do it. <laughs> yeah. If you're not sure, then... It's not, like, it's not like it's just about a person. Not, it's not, I probably shouldn't. Yeah, okay. yeah probably yeah, should. Yeah. We got a question right here anyways. Yeah. Um, how far in advance do you guys like plan your story? Do you have, like, does it depend on the like, character? Do you go by arc? Do you go by like entire runs? Like, what's the... Like the plot outline the kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Shh. I mean, it changes for me depending on if it's an independent, like, a, like my own book where I'm the creator and owner of it versus if I'm working for hire. Like when I do stuff with, working with Todd is kind of interesting because I'll get curveballs thrown at me. Todd, like, so I write King Spawn and there's three other Spawn books and they, ha they sort of have to tie together continuity wise. 
sometimes like I'll tell Todd when I'm doing it. And I'll be honest, sometimes like a gunslinger issue will come out and something will happen to gunslinger he didn't tell me about. And I'm like, fuck. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I gotta like change everything I just wrote. Um, like that happens. The the few times I've worked for DC, you know, like they, they've at least in my experience, they wanted me to have whatever I was doing shorter things. Like it'd be like, I know I'm doing five issues and they want me to do this of backups, or I'm doing this two man, two, two issue Superman thing. So those are plotted. And when I do my own stuff, it's very definitive off of who I'm collaborating with. You know, I, I'm very specific about the artists I want to work with, and I want them to be true partnerships a lot of times because I can't afford them. Um, also, I think the theater person in me doesn't want to dictate to them. So if they're like, I want to keep this loose, then I keep it loose. If they're like, you know, I don't even know how to draw this if I don't know how it's going to end, then I'm like, okay, I'll write out the whole thing before I give it to you. I think having the flexibility is, is really important. I do think in for hire work, the more prepared, professional, and on time you can be is always better. That, that, that doesn't apply to the artist because the editor is screaming. I'm sorry? No, I don't. I mean, sometimes. I'm not trying to say mean things about the artists. The artists are all talented. What I mean is that the editors don't. It's the editor's problem. Well, I I mean, I guess it's. I hear that the editors screw with the deadlines a lot. uh, I mean, sometimes. I mean, I don't don't know if it's, it's. Sometimes there are there are things like I mean at least DC that's There's been my so experience. Many logistics, right? Is, yeah, it's like you're talking yeah. about a giant corporation right. that yeah, that no, goes. Like yeah, yeah. Hey, the Flash movie's coming out. It'd be great if we did blah blah blah. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. well, I gotta yeah, somehow. You gotta you know, this. This. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, and I would say getting things in on time is your your main job, yeah. especially when you're dealing with somebody else's IP. I know, I wasn't so, Sean, do you do you ever? write without an artist in mind? Do you ever just like write a story and without any consideration of what the art would look like or? Um, no, like I fall in, I like weird art. <laughs> like, uh, like sometimes the artists I, like for my own personal, like my own creator own stuff, um, I veer towards stranger. Not, strange is a weird thing, they're amazing. But like if, peop- <laughs> if people know like Hayden Sherman's art, like Hayden's art is like super specific. And if you know Caitlin Yarsky, who's done like a bunch of Wonder Woman stuff, like wildly different. Like she'd be the greatest Sandman artist ever. And Hayden, Hayden is incredible with like, there's an energy, yeah, sorry, I'm not being super articulate. Um, Write it down. <laughs> so you kind of, so, no, you, so you, <laughs> it depends what the book needs, right? Like, okay. Caitlin's amazing at actors, meaning like she's able to draw eyes and faces in a way that the emotion can come through on the page that a lot of artists can't do. So if I have a really emotional story where I want that to come through, so I did a big story about addiction with her because I was like, that's what I need for that story. Hayden is somehow able to make a page feel like it's moving. Like, not the most traditional style, but the way that Hayden lays out panels is it has like a velocity to it. And so like when I work with Hayden, the whole thing is about how to use his velocity. So it's a lot more of me thinking like, I'll fall in love with their art and then I'll usually look at some of their art and steal some of it in the sense of being like, <laughs> hey, that design you had, I'm gonna write an entire comic book for that character that you drew. Oh, that's cool. Or that character's gonna show up in this. And then we'll start collaborating that way. Is they'll be like, you want to make a whole book based off that person? I'm like, well, they're going to show up for sure. And then it's, it's more of me trying to figure out, like, I know I want to do this weird Mad Max thing, um, this dystopian book, and I, but I, your velocity is perfect for it. Or I want to do this addiction book, and I'm going to need it to be active. So art inspires story ideas for you. For me, a lot of the time. That's yeah. like, I'm not, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. That's kind of unique. 
I think I yeah I just fan out about it when I see the, their work. Yeah, how's it work for you then, Jeremy? Like, do you ever like do you just come? They never the- give me an option. No, <laughs> I, I mean, but there are there are the things when you realize who it, like I'm fairly new to it, so the fact that you know like I, if Kevin McGuire's drawing a section and I knew Kevin McGuire's drawing a particular section, I'm going to make it the funniest thing I can possibly do because I know that right. person's voice, right? So when I found out Zermanico was going to do Green Lantern. It was Jeff who said, listen, you know, because we had done Flashpoint Beyond, so I kind of knew some of his capability, but really not because he's amazing. He was like, make sure you just limit the amount of panels because that guy is so much better with bigger panels. And it was something that stuck in my head so that I was like, okay, I can never go over a certain amount of panels. And, and, it, and it really affected the book. I think it, it, it created a tone for it. But right. sometimes... You know, you'll find an artist that you really vibe with and, and you hope you can get that artist or you can use that artist, but sometimes it's out of your control. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'm gonna do this arc and they're like, uh, I don't get a choice. Right. <laughs> you know, and that can be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, just like animation, it's a super collaborative uh, process and I am definitely, I can barely dress myself. So it's like, you know, I'm like, what do you want to do? And they're like, well, Jeremy, what about this? I'm like, I don't know. You, that's your job. You're great at it. So right, you know, right. I try to I try to defer to artists because it's so much more laborious. I think. So do you think that a better comic script might be created, or a better comic in general might be created when it's created with both input from the very beginning because like indie wise a lot of independent like writers they're just out there writing script after script and they yeah. don't even think about what the art's going to look like yeah. or who's going to draw it they're just trying to get a story do you think it's almost the better process if you go from the beginning with the artist at least know what kind of mood you're going to have to affect I, the writing it would or? be great to know for me but i also think the marvel way was always just like a loose outline and then they would draw the art and then you'd come back and do it and it obviously worked right that was the way they used to do it i think it can be any way and, and that's what's kind of fun about this art form. Like, I generally don't write outlines, um, but I know some people that do. And I tried it once, and I was like, this may taking me as much time as writing the script, you know? <laughs> so um, it's the same thing with screenwriting. I will try the save the cat method, and then I'll be like, ah, oh, screw that. I'm going to do cards. And I think that's what's fun about these things. You can try a bunch of different ways of doing it, and they all work eventually. <laughs> right, right. So... Is the thing written? It really is about getting the thing written because that's the other, I will say the other thing. I know people that write far better than I do by leaps and bounds. The difference is I'm able to get to the end and they're not. Like they have incredible two pages that are great, but they get so burnt out because they spent so much time doing it. I'm a, a firm believer in, you know, analysis leads to paralysis okay, and yeah. like just write as fast as you can and edit it later. That's how, right. that's how I work generally. I think there's also like people get paralyzed by the sense of like the fear of it being imperfect. Right. Everything's imperfect. I mean, I think like, like sorry to tell you, your comic's going to be imperfect. <laughs> like it's just what it is. And I, I just, I have a lot of friends in across mediums who like, just shut themselves down mm-hmm. because they're like, yeah, I got to this point and I didn't know what to do or I was worried that people wouldn't like it. And you're like, right. Until you finish it, how do you even get to the yeah. next thing? It's definitely the main thing. Like I just, I started writing my first comic last year. Awesome. Uh, just for fun. Like, you know, yeah. and uh, cause I was like, I have 12 years of podcasting and interviewing <laughs> creators. Maybe I should actually make one. Right. Right. So I sat down and that was the thing. Like it's the fear of it being imperfect. And I remember when I finally got over it was I thought about when I used to creative write in like grade three. 
and you'd be like, the Wolfman met up with, uh, right. you know, Dracula, and they went out a tea party or whatever. I was like, just puke it out, man. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. start puking it out. And that's what I did. And yeah. I just started, but and then before I even knew it, it all of a sudden starts coming together, or you start kind of making sense, and then you go back and realize. When you start to get, you also get better. I mean, it's yeah. a craft. So yeah. like, until you finish the first thing, you can't make the second thing yeah. that will be better, yeah. or the third thing that will be better. Like, is that how you guys, do you guys ever just kind of like, okay, I just got to start puking out words? Oh, and yeah. Like, Constantly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, literally, <laughs> right? when, I, when I moved to LA, and it was like, I'm, I want to be a screenwriter, I want to oh, be a director, all this stuff, and eventually it was like, Somebody asked me like, "Oh, can I read something yours?" And I was like, "Uh oh," you know. And and um, I had read if you if you're interested in writing in any capacity, you read Stephen King's On Writing book. If you have, it's an amazing biography slash about writing, and it's really inspirational. But he would be like, "I work eight hours a day writing," and I was like, "I can't do that." And so I'm a firm believer in um, incremental habits, incremental like goal setting. And I would be like, literally, I'm the laziest you know, person, and I'm like, what is the least amount I could literally do every day? I mean, I'm, I am talking like, <laughs> if you ever want a chance at doing this, Jeremy, like, what's the, I was like, I will write for one hour, that's it, that's all I'm gonna do, if I get one pages, two pages, 10 pages, whatever. And within, uh, she didn't like that answer, yeah, but she, I'm just telling you, that. it's true. Um, but within a month, I had my first screenplay done. And it was just because I would do like a page or suddenly two pages. Suddenly you get really inspired and you do 10 pages, but you just, you struggle through it. And it was the lowest amount. And then my second barrier was trying to let somebody else read it. And that was, that's still hard for me. It's still hard for me to get notes. And guess what? That's the job is getting notes and having people respond to it. And it's, and it took, it's still taking me a long time to be like, okay. Like I got notes oh, yesterday yeah. from, from, <laughs> from my editor that's like, this is great. I would like you to think about doing it. I'm just like, think about this. Like, I'm like, you know, but just take a breath, you know, and try to figure out the note behind the note. But I'm just saying, you got to have something done in order for it to even exist. I think, uh, just to tag on to you, because this little trick I got taught in grad school by a playwright I really respected, where I was like, cocaine, that's not. <laughs> the trick was coke. <laughs> no, one thing is like, you'll hit like, I'm sure, you, I think everyone runs into this, like you, you'll hit a point where you're like, the writing's going smooth, the writing's going great, and then you hit a wall. You're like, you slam up against it's your side. the like, second act. Yeah. 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 You know, like totally, you hit something, you're like, I don't know how to get past it. And this writer told me, they were like, write what you think should happen there, and then go to the next scene you know. Like, just keep writing yeah, just yeah, yeah. one sentence. So, yeah. so I would write, 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 and I'd have full scenes. Like, these were plays, right? So dialogue's going. And then I'd be like, oh, man, this is when he's going to have a fight with his mom. I have no idea what this is about. And then I would just write, fight with mom. Mom, I'm mad at you. And then I would just go like, <laughs> oh, but I know the scene after yeah. it. I totally know the scene after it. And then sometimes the scene after it would tell me what had to happen in the fight. Smart. I could then track back. And it's something that I just throw out because it's like. I it's find that happening for, a lot. Yeah. Versus like, me, I'm on Craigslist, like, looking for a new job. <laughs> And my, and I, well, yeah. that's how low. You know what? That's what am I qualified for? And my wife says, "Like you're in the second act." I'm like, "Shut up, lady!" Like, you know, I, 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 so, yeah. it's even hard to believe. Like, I've showed a few people, like trusted friends, yeah. and they're like, "I oh, know it's good." Like, yeah. you know, keep it going. And I'm like, "I don't believe you." Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I don't. Yeah. I don't even believe yeah, you. Know, so I don't believe you. You're just being nice syndrome. to me. It, it has right, to be yeah. awful. There's yeah. no way it's not awful. Yeah. yeah. There's a guy in the back. Yes. Yeah. Hey, so I know you're talking about like narratively, like knowing the end of mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. So like if you know that, I don't know, there's a Donna BC coming, there's a new 52, there's a rebirth, there's some big event coming yeah. that you know you have to get to, does it, do you 
feel like it puts you in kind of a narrative choke point to kind of get yourself, get the flash, get, get Green Lantern from here to where he needs to be by the end of it? So that, I, I don't necessarily perceive that that way. So sometimes I will write, and I don't necessarily know the ending of the particular arc I'm doing, and I, I kind of have a glimmer of an idea. Like, I do believe, you know, Woody Allen always says, like, you know, you should know the third act. You should know where it's going to end. That makes it valuable. And I do sometimes in a, in a grand, you know, part way. But when they do, like, an editorial dictate that's like, hey, we're going to do this thing, I actually don't mind that. And it, it feels like an improv game where you're sitting there going like, oh, uh, they're on an island and he's a shoe salesman. And I'm like, great, you just gave me from material. Um, and, and I think that's also because I've written a lot of like Lego, you know? So I've written a lot of Lego things and they're like, these are the sets you need to put in your show. And I'm like, excellent. You know, so now I know that it needs to be this scene and I know this needs to, that happen. So I tend to use it as a kind of like fun challenge to see how I can incorporate it, but I try to do it in a way that is, it seems organic. So if you see that my Dark Crisis tie-ins or some of the other stuff, I like try to make it so that you can read that book and you can be, because when I was a kid and it would be a, a tie-in, usually it was a junk issue. You know, it's like, oh, why did I have to read this? I have to read like 10 others. I never wanted that to be the case. I still wanted it to be germane to the main title, but I want to hit all those points and, and make it some, try to elevate it in some, some fashion. Um, so I, don't, I never think of it as constraining, just more of like, oh, this is a cool challenge a little bit, but I'm also like young and like, let's do it, you know? <laughs> versus some people I know they are like, F you, I don't want to do this. You know? Right, right, yeah. No, uh, we, I, we were lucky enough to have Jim Shooter up here yeah. yesterday, and uh, here's a fun experiment. Okay, you two. Uh-oh. This is going to go bad. I mean, the fact no, that you said Jim Shooter. I know, right? I just got, I just got the hairs on the back the of their neck to go up. Okay, it's the 1980s. You're working for Jim Shooter, and he calls all of you into the writer's room. All the writers. He sits you down. He says, okay, look, this December, your characters are gone. Whoever you're working on, they're like, they're gone. You're losing them. They're taking off in December. They'll be back at the end of January. Some of them will not be the same. Some of them will be different. I just read Secret Wars this week. <laughs> Does this excite you? Does this scare you? Like, how would, do you think you guys would have handled that situation? I, I love it. I'd be yeah. really excited. Yeah? yeah? That's totally up my... Chaos is, like, totally yeah. my interest. Okay. <laughs> well, like, I think for me, like, if a book... Because I, I, I primarily... I, I mean, outside of Spawn, I primarily make my own things. If I don't think the book can possibly fail and really embarrass me, I'm probably not going to write the book. Like, every book I've oh, yeah? done has, has a level of, like, tight wire on it, where I'm like, this could go really bad. Like, like Bliss was one of, the, like, one of the books that got me the King Spawn job. And, like, that whole book is about a guy whose dad is, like, a mass murderer, and it's supposed to gain empathy for the mass murderer. And it's like, this should not work. But as you go through it, you learn, like through addiction and history, like what has caused everybody in this town right. to behave this certain way. And so it becomes this thing where I'm like, I'm either gonna fail really fucking miserably or, or it could be special. It's right. gonna be one or the other. It's not always special. You, know, so you, thri special. you thrive on that pressure. It, they're yeah. all special to me. Right. But, right. but yeah, I think, I think there's, for me a level of fear makes it interesting. And it puts pressure on me in a way where it's like, like there's some books I know I would be the wrong person to write because I'm like, Oh, this will, if I do this and this, it's going to work. 
Right. And then I'm like, uh, boring. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for me, I uh, listen. It, it's a win-win because if people hate it, I go, "It's that guy's idea." You know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean I didn't want to yeah. do it. He, they told me to do it. Um, no, I like it. I like stuff like that because, again, I mean, I'm having that ex- that experience with Green Lantern where it's like there hasn't been a Green Lantern book for a while. The last book ended a certain way, and it's like now I'm building mystery because you're like, "Why is he here? Why is this?" Do-? I like that type of like, why is this right. happening? Yeah. Asking the question why in any storytelling is a really cool thing. Like yeah. when you watch the first episode of Lost, you're like, what is going on? Yes, you know? yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And now you're hooked until yeah. the end and you're like, what is, is going, going on? on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Six years of a good question yeah. leading into one bad one, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll never forgive it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You, you, you touched the sore spot. I know. It's, I know. it's I know. the worst disaster in television history, I'm telling you. Uh, right here, yeah. Um, I know for me, usually, generally, have you ever heard the story about James Cameron talking about Terminator and how he just saw this robot coming out of the fire and that was like kind of what set him off? It, I do see like images, like an idea of, oh, this would be a cool scene. Well, what would lead to that cool scene? And I think about it a lot. I play the story in my head a bit and it's a little Tetrisy, like figuring it out. And then I just sit down and write it. I will do sometimes, I'll do like, you know, thought balloons, you know, I'll be like, this and then I'll branch off and I'll just start putting things down or I'll start keeping a notebook of uh, like my Green Lantern notebooks bananas you know it's just it's just like characters from the past and reading old books and just trying to be inspired like get inspired about a story and the inspiration piece of it is 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 key for me like how am I inspired about this everybody does it differently like I can't sit there and say I know people that do hardcore biographies for their characters. And I'm like, <laughs> I just don't have time. Yeah. You know, like my favorite thing when I was doing Green Lantern, the animated series, I walked in and above Hal Jordan was a picture of Captain Kirk. Above like Razor was like Bones. I'm like, I know what these characters are right now. Like that, that gave me a direct correlation so I don't have to do anything. And you put your own flavor and spin on it as you're writing it. But I would say, get to the writing. Because you can spend too much time doing that, and then you're bored, or you're now you're intimidated yourself. Like you have to get out of your own way to do this stuff. And that's what drafts are for, right? Like yeah. you can write one to twenty drafts of whatever words you've puked out on the computer or whatever. I think also any way that people start writing, they're they all talk about it like they're doing it the different way, but they're actually doing the same thing, just in in different modes. Meaning like. Some people write biographies. You'll start from an image. Sometimes I just start writing dialogue, like the character, because my background, I think, like the characters talking to each other. We're all writing for information. We all don't know shit. We're all making stuff up, right? Like character <laughs> biography's fake. That person doesn't exist. Right. It's the same thing as like sitting down and just being like, I'm gonna write the whole. Th- I know people who write the. There's times I'll write the whole thing out as like a short story first. Mm. But I'm, I'm writing the short story for me, not for Jeremy. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching myself what these people are doing and what they think and how much how much of the story I need to know to feel comfortable before I write the real thing. Mm. So I think it's more of like, it's less of looking for the right technique in and more of going like, what's the best way for me to teach myself the information I need to write it? Do you know what I mean? Like, like whether I'm writing dialogue or I'm writing images or, or whatever, like how do I get the information back to myself? 
Yeah, makes sense. So, like, yeah, writing's a lot of research then, eh? Because, I mean, you just come up with all these ideas. Do you guys, do you guys guys not? Do you don't feel the need to, like, know what you're talking about as long as it sounds good? Uh, (laughs) I I do when it comes to, like, like, say, The Flash. You're talking about almost 800 issues and, you know, how many decades of things. I want, I know it inherently because I'm a nerd and I've lived with this stuff, but there is a certain element of, like, research of reading stuff the previous run like that's not it's not if he comes up with it as whole cloth he doesn't need to do research right you know unless you're doing something so specific that you're like i'm usually already obsessed right with right, right. writing about i already am like kind murder. of an expert on <laughs> i mean you said it i'm just yeah. saying like addiction was something in my addiction addiction was something in my family so <laughs> yeah, yeah. something i knew right right right, right you right, know right, so right. it's usually like a, a mashup of things right. i'm already i guess what i mean is how many questions are you asking yourself about things to make sure that your story makes sense like uh i was out for dinner the other night with professional writer friend and uh he was i was telling him my story and as i was going he was like well why this right or just why that or what is this because of it was yeah. this and i was just like can you just let me get it out and then we'll like go over which of those logistics are important and he just kind of flustered me for a minute because yeah. then i started asking myself how many of these questions do i need to answer Right? Like, do you guys go through that kind of like? I'm a logic whore. Like, okay. you know, so when I watch a, a movie and if they set up rules, they better stick to those rules. Okay. Or have a good reason to break them. And if they don't, I'm gone. I'm like, this is a crap movie or whatever. Okay. Or I'll think, well, how could they have fixed that? So generally, when I write, generally, I want things to w- like hold an internal logic because they have to. You know, for me, right. <laughs> because yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. a stickler. Yeah, sure. Because I don't like logic jumps. I don't like when it's like, well, why did this thing happen? And it's weird with comic books because if you're a fan and something doesn't happen, you immediately jump to that son of a bitch. Doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. You know, he screwed this up. And it's like, no, no, no. The best thing I can describe is if you ever watch Buffy, there was an end of a season where Buffy's sister showed up. And if you're a fan of the show, you're like, she doesn't have a sister. You're like, this is stupid. They totally forgot about the character. And then it's like halfway through the next season, they're like, you're right. She's a made up figment of like blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh man, I'm an idiot because I raged <laughs> for like half a season about how these people don't even know the show they're writing. You know, right, right. Sometimes it's just the writer trying to like pull you along into a mystery and you have to give them time to do it. We don't live in a culture that necessarily gives you time to do it. Right. So Not you have months. to, no, you have to be, you have to be pretty careful. Like the way one minute war came about was because I wanted to do an issue where Linda gave birth to her kid and the whole issue was Wally being haggard and, and, and basically there was an explosion happening up in the, the maternity wing and he knew the minute he slowed down, his family was going to die. And so he couldn't slow down. And they and, and uh, my editor's like, nobody wants to see a dead baby, man. I was like, like, well, no, but it's leading into this arc about this other thing. He's like, yeah, man, nobody wants to see that. And I'm like, and I was like, I was going to explain it after a couple issues about how, well, he wasn't dead. He was abducted and all this stuff. And so then I was like, well, what if I did this other thing? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. But, but even my editor was like, I'm not giving you three issues to explain that the person's not dead. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then yeah, well, a better idea came to wrangle you yeah, in, yeah, right? Resistance. Yeah. You can get really good. If you are open to it, the, the kind of notes and stuff can spur on a, a good idea, a better idea. Right. 
how thorough are those notes? Like, okay, when uh, first of all, I guess I should ask, uh, what's your format? Like, after doing the notes and the this and that, and then you have a final first draft or even a final draft, is it a script form that you guys are writing in? Would it look like a play? Would it look like a movie script? Like, or do you, do you have, like, uh, you know, scene one, that's panel a, that's one? A, it, it, comic scripts are really weird to me because be they're anything. so different. Because I used to act a lot, and I used to write plays, yeah. and that's just how I started doing the comics. It felt yeah. naturally to me, you know? So I'm writing it. It looks like a play. There's you know? never, yeah, there's never I, two I think, scripts yeah, the there's same. there's no rule. I think that yeah? the comic yeah. scripts all, I'll be honest, each of my comic script looks different for either publisher or artist. Really? really? Yeah, like, when I did Bliss, everything in Bliss looks like a, a play. Okay. Basically, yeah. when I did when I work with Hayden, it looks like a short story. When I work huh. with DC, I was doing full script. Yeah. And when I work with Todd, Todd still loves Marvel. The, not I, that's a wrong sentence. Todd does not love Marvel, but Todd does love the Marvel, Marvel style. the plot style. Yeah. Right. So when I do King Spawn and Scorch, it's all plot. So it kind of changes by who wow. I'm working with. I never heard that before. Mine is, uh, you know. It's weird to me that I'm calling out panels and stuff. Like, there's a form, there's a format that I've, that's like combination of Jeff Johns and a couple other things, but it's drastically different than screenwriting. Like screenwriting, there is a form. This is how you do it yeah. for everybody, pretty much. Right. But comic book seems up and down. My my thing is, I write it out, I send it in, I'm like, leave me alone, <laughs> and uh, and then and then I'll get like I'll I will get notes occasionally. And they're always, uh, I either ignore them or, <laughs> you know, fight them out. And, um, but generally, I've been very blessed in that I haven't had that many notes until later on. And then you do have to adjust with the artist because what the artist is doing is very time consuming. So if, if you didn't describe it well and they do something, you are going to need to adjust what you are doing. Yes. Because... I, I feel like artists are wizards, and I want to respect the wizard community. <laughs> no, but, yeah, no, but absolutely. Like, it's, like, yeah. it's a visual medium, yeah. and I want to adjust to that. Yeah, know? and it's got to be interesting because it's like while you're writing it, and it's a solo kind of endeavor, you're, you're writing, you feel like it's yours, and you're creating it, and then all of a sudden you've got to hand it off to right. the other person who's also creating the same thing. Right. Do you ever, is that ever a difficult moment, or...? Does it ever cause you to second guess what you've written? I it is a thrill every time. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. they, they will do art. When the art things. when the art comes in, man, it's Christmas. Yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. Even when you get yeah. the first, yeah, even the thumbnails when they come in, and I'm like, holy shit, that's what that's gonna look like. Because you didn't quite picture it so clearly. I well, I will tell you, like Zermanica <laughs> <laughs> will will do these thumb the, like th thumbnails, and they just look like chalk smudges. And he's like, which of these twelve? I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Bobby does the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and then, King Spawn, I'm like, I don't even know what that's a picture. Yeah, of. and I'm just like, <laughs> looks great, you know. Like, and then suddenly he, the next version is like this right, pristine like version. You're like, how did that even come from that? <laughs> Uh, I Howdy uh, yeah. sent me a thing once that was just a, a horizon line and a black circle and he was like and he was like he wrote question mark next to it and I was like me too <laughs> <laughs> and then so it became this like amazing splash page and I was like I don't know how the fuck I yeah, 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 yeah. are you ever careful <laughs> with what you know you're gonna put your artist through I'll never yeah. forget a, a an Instagram post from Greg Capullo and it was a dying a, I can't remember if it was in the Batcave or just like the study, but I remember something happened, but it was a million books. 
It was like just a oh, million yeah, yeah. books. And yeah. he posted this picture, just, you know, his rough pencils of it. And he was just like, damn you, Snyder. <laughs> like, do you guys ever. Well, you've seen Mitch, Jared say like that. He's like, nine panel grids, like every yeah. day. Like, just yeah. like, and they joke because obviously they're doing their own thing. Yeah. I err on the side of less. And, um, but like Fernando Pastern, who does a lot of, I, I remember like 776, it's like, oh, a couple of goblins like attack, blah, blah, blah. And then I get this page back and there's like 50 goblins. I'm like, well, that's on you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I do, you know, you do learn things of like splash pages and double splash, like giving them breathing room right. to be able to yeah. draw something great. Um, also, I feel like, at, at least for me, I really want my artists to have fun doing it. Like I would hate for them just to be like, and now it's a reaction shot. Now it's another reaction shot. Now it's a reaction shot. I'd be if I was an artist, I'd be like, give me a gun, you know, because <laughs> right, that would be right. so boring. I want to be like, it's a reaction shot, but there's an alien spacecraft in the background. Like, give them something to have sure. fun with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Super fun. Yes. No, I've done it. I, I mean, I've done like sort of like this. I'm sure you can come up with something better because you're smart and I'm dumb. But like, you know, so, and I'll put like comps. I'll be like, it's kind of this angle from this book or this movie, you know, and, and let them, you know. I'll do that. I'll use photo reference sometimes yeah. if, I, if I need it to be really specific. Yeah, I'll take thumbnails. I, I've done once because was, it was asked of me. I yeah. don't think it was helpful. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, this story I'm writing uh, came to me while I took a big hiking sabbatical for four months, uh -huh. and uh, it's got a lot to do with like kind of nature and stuff. But um, I took thousands of pictures yeah. all over Ontario, waterfalls, this and that. So I'm going to use those pictures actually. The artist is going to use those as the background reference. Cool. So he doesn't have to think up new scenarios. He's right. just going to be oh that waterfall, this is happening there. Right. Which is cool. I think afterwards because I'm going to be able to point to that book and be like that's based on. That place right. or that place. Well, you, know, you ever do anything like that? I do it for tone sometimes, and I'll use old. Like there was a stretch of King Spawn stuff we did with Javi that there was the way that these, like Neil Adam, like these older Batman books would open, where it would be like a picture, a giant picture of Batman. He'd have like his cape open, and in his cape would be like his parents in a different oh, scene yeah, walking. Yeah, yeah. So there was a there was a stretch of issues that I wanted to have that kind of that early Batman tone, and I'd be like, all right, see this. The thing I wrote, I'm looking for that kind of merge where it's like we're seeing King Spawn in like almost like a, like I would call it like a narrator in a play, like outside of the world, yeah. really big. And then like a smaller what's actually happening street scene within it. And then Javi would kind of run with it and give the tone. Right. I've chased her off again. I know. I mean, listen, <laughs> man, I'm not saying, way. but like for, for me, I, um, uh, I, it's, it's weird because like uh, from animation, you have to be very detailed and you kind of have to call out things for the storyboard guys. And, but I would, I would do a point, like I was doing this thing, this movie with Bruce Tim, and it was like, I would, I would, be, I would do the whole choreography of the fight scene. And Bruce was like, why are you doing that? And I would be like, uh, because I, I like writing fight scenes. But the, the way that I would, I would posit it is like, they don't have to take it. My mom always said, you could chew the hay and spit out the sticks. Like the, the fact is it's like, um, it's there if they need it. And sometimes they need it. And yeah. so, you know, versus like in live action, like, don't ever do that again. But right. like Bruce was like, yeah, okay, I get it, you know? And the same thing with artists. Sometimes I'll put stuff in and I'm like, if you need it, I will always defer to them. And I always make sure they know that this is their world and I'm gonna defer to them. 
but you know, I mean, generally I write, it's not overtly comp- complicated, you know, it's right. like, here's the joke, <laughs> right. you know. Well, when you're writing a script for like television or movies then, are you picturing the scene in your head? Yeah. Like, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with animation, because animation is much closer in my mind to comic books, because comic, like animation is storyboards and stuff, versus when I was doing Supernatural, there's an element of like, you have real actors with real abilities that can tell a lot with their face and emotions. Right. And that's a little different because you can lean heavier on words there and they can emote it uh, more. But also, it never hurts to subtract words either and see what they can do emotionally with their face and stuff. Animation storytelling or like illustrated storytelling, they don't have all, you can have good artists that can do emotional storytelling on the face, but they're, they're not that many. Kevin right. McGuire can give you a lot of emotions with the face, right, right. but um, you know that's not always the case. Mm. So if you want to get a range of emotions uh, in a short amount of time, sometimes you have to fake it with words and all sorts of mood. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we've got like two minutes left. Any last minute questions? Oh, now we got some questions. Yeah, yeah. Mine is is uh, is Gold Beetle. <laughs> uh, I, I I I love her or Mega Bam Man. Like I, there's, I mean, you you write the, you make the character and you're like, yeah, I could do this all day. Like this is great. <laughs> this is stupid. I love it. Nice. I mean, out of, out of franchise characters, I would love at some point to get to try and write a Booster Gold comic. Yeah. Like I would love even just one issue. Yeah. I, I loved him when I was a kid. Awesome. And that mix of arrogance yeah. and being a superhero it just feels so good. Perfect. So good. <laughs> you had a question there? I was going to say, have it. I was going to say, because I got Kevin McGuire to do it. I was like, <laughs> you can shoot me in the head. I'm done. Like, this is great. Uh, you know, it would have been cool to do something with like Mazzuccelli. Like, obviously, his stuff is amazing. Um, I would love for Jim Lee to do something. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, all the people I grew up with, it's like, I don't care. I would be like, Liefeld, let's do it. I'll just, yeah. no feet will be in the show. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I mean, I'm a modern. I'm a fan out about Redondo. I, I think, oh, yeah, I think he's everything amazing. he does is so incredible. And Stupid. I mean, so yeah, good. I would love to get a chance to hand him the script. He's, and he's super nice. And so is Daniel Sampierre, who's like Saint 10 feet tall. Fantastic. You know? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. A lot of talent out there to choose from these days. Yeah, they're really great. It's, it's, uh, it's a cool thing. Uh, yeah? Um, you said you were um, a writer of Supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering how come um, Dean didn't get a, um, a, a better... Uh... Death? <laughs> is that what you're going to ask? It's on you. Bro, listen, this isn't, I didn't write that episode. <laughs> I did a Scooby-Doo crossover. You did the Butters. Scooby-Doo crossover? Yeah, awesome. There's a Miss, Mrs. Butters episode, and then like Christian Kane and him singing Dukes of Hazard theme songs. Like, like those have been, uh, the, his whole death thing, like, uh, I know that they were going to do... I mean, listen, I had no, <laughs> we didn't have a writer's room. It was just like, um, but it was supposed to be a little different. And then COVID happened. And then they had to, to shoot the rest of that differently than what they rushed. wanted to do. I, it wasn't rush. It was just that at that point, 
we didn't even have the we didn't even have a rap party. It was like there was two episodes left. COVID hit, everything shut down, and then there was a brief amount of time later on. And at that point, you can see every television show. It yeah. was like a third of their budget went to COVID protocols, and everything was smaller. Like the ending of Supernatural, generally there was a there was a different ending. He was still supposed to die. I don't think it was. I think it was actually Jensen who said he did he didn't want to die on the ground. He wanted to die standing up. And there is something, maybe people will change their minds. I, I have no opinion, nor will I say an opinion here. But, and now it's devolved into a, a supernatural convention. But like, uh, uh, I do think the fact that he died of something so simple in a, in a world that's so supernatural is kind of interesting. But again, I didn't write it. And I have no How did he die? I don't watch the show. How did he die? He got, he, well, there was, a, there was a fight, and he ended up hitting, like, this spike. That that's it? Going. After 15 years of all that madness? That's how he went out? That's how we went out. That's, like, lost shit, I know. man. But you know what's so crazy is? Like, he went out, but he did, like, but he's, you know, it's, like, supernatural. So it's, like, you're in heaven, so you're not really dead right, anyways. Right, and, yeah. And also, I, I, kept, I begged them, I swear to you, I wanted a Doc Brown moment. I was, like, you do your ending, and then you have... You know, Castiel run in like, Dean, Sam, I need you. And I go, you don't even have to show it. But like five years from now, you drop that thing, you'll have another show. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. they said, no, that's stupid. I'm like, whatever. That is beautiful. <laughs> Guys, um, that was super fun. I learned a lot and had a lot of fun. Everybody enjoy that. Everybody. Thank you, guys. Go write something just for fun. You know, it's just good for your brain to exercise and make stuff up, you know? <laughs> you don't exercise. No, I just say, remember when you were three years old and just... <laughs> uh, but yeah, go check these guys out. Uh, up, uh, they're up in Artist Alley. If you want to have a chat and say hello, Jeremy, Sean, thank you so thank much. Thank you, guys. Awesome.